0: Welcome to On the Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people, and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today.
1: Hi, I'm Stacey Garcia, and welcome to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast. As a designer, an explorer, a fashion forecaster, I look to Bill McLaughlin and Furniture Today to find out about industry trends and the stories behind the news. Let's listen in and hear what Bill and his
2: guests have in store for us today.
0: Welcome to On The Record. My guests this week are Carol Schroeder, co-owner of Orange Tree Imports, a gift and houseware store in Madison, Wisconsin, and Ron Bailey, owner of six Bailey's Furniture Stores in Alaska. And uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the synergy between furniture and gifts and housewares and some of the challenges that all retailers face. So let's jump right in. I'd like to talk about where your businesses are today and what you see as your biggest challenges. And I have a specific reason for asking this question because I think it's gonna come back to a particular place. But Ron, I'd like to start with you. When you look at what really keeps you up at night and what your biggest challenges are, other than the fact that you're in Alaska so you have a limited market, (laughs) um, what are the things that really challenge you in your business day to day?
1: I would say our supply chain. Our supply chain is driving me nuts. You know, before, you know, the last five or ten years, it's always how do you take care of the customer, how do you adapt to the changing environment, and all that type of stuff. But the tariffs, getting everybody out of China, everybody running to all these different uh, countries, starting up, um, the first goods that come out of the plant aren't very good. I've already, I've already received several loads of bad products. And, you know, you wait three to five months to get this promised product, and then it's bad. And there's no, there's no way to recover from it. You know, it takes too long to get product. And then to Alaska, you know, you have to add three weeks at least on to get up here. So I've been, my heart is, I probably would have been up 10 or 15% this year um, if I would have had product that actually showed up as it was supposed to, but the supply chain is so messed up right now for me. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how everybody else feels, but for me, um, I, I'm quite, I'm quite a good size container buyer. And so I do lots of containers. And so it really affects me a lot. I don't do a whole lot out of distribution centers on the West coast or I do some, but not a lot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So those containers are my lifeblood. If you can't get containers of goods, you can't sell to anybody, you know, so that's my biggest one right now.
0: Carol, you don't have the supply chain issue because I don't think people in the gift and housewares business have gone to Vietnam the same way furniture guys. But the tariff has definitely had an impact on your business, hasn't it?
2: You know, the the tariff I think has made us all nervous about being so um, dependent on China as a source, and uh, that it's never healthy. I mean, it's like the Irish when they were have in a monoculture of of the potato, and then when the potatoes went bad, they starved. So I think it's A challenge for us to diversify our our supply chain, but I also am seeing um, Amazon as probably the number one challenge for all of us. That, you know, the competition from Amazon in all areas and also the vendors that they um, offer a a gateway to, but then also the changing in demographics has a big impact on us. Um, Even though we're in a university town, so we have younger customers, they don't buy the same way that. our Our traditional you know slightly older customer buys, they don't buy as much. um uh, they don't buy uh, as much that they don't need, shall we say, which of course, is the um, sort of cornerstone of the gift industry. So that is something that we have to adapt to. you know what what are they looking for, and uh, how can we develop customers of the future? Because the people my age are also not buying as much because they have a lot. They are, you know, moving into smaller places. So um that impacts furniture sales as well. I mean, you have a more mobile, younger demographic, they're not wanting to buy furniture that will last them forever necessarily. They want IKEA and and people my age are downsizing and getting rid of furniture rather than buying furniture. So I think that um that that's a big impact.
0: I'd like to go back and talk about Amazon and Wayfair and the impact that they've had. For a long time, I think furniture retailers were insulated by the size of their product from having to worry about Amazon and Wayfair. And that has been changing rapidly in the last couple of years. In the gift and housewares business, you've been dealing with Amazon now for a long time and having exclusive brands and having your brand show up on Amazon and having to deal with the price competition and the ease. How have you dealt with that? in your daily business?
2: You know, I would say that for us, the Buy Local movement has been really important that... Um, people value having local stores, and if they do, they have been told over and over again, hey, if you value them, then when you have a choice of clicking a button versus going into the store, you at least some of the time have to go into the store or the store won't be there. So that has been an important message and something we work hard to communicate. But then when the customer comes in the store, we have to make it a seamless experience, um, pleasant, efficient, um, have good return policies, all the things that, that Amazon can offer, but we offer instant gratification and we're not in a, I mean, we're not quite as remote as as Alaska, but we're not in a city where you can get, you know, same hour delivery from Amazon. So in many cases, there's a lag time. So if you want something to cook a meal for this evening, or if you want a gift for a party you're going to today, we can handle that. We can gift wrap it. We can be on the the spot. The other thing that we do to compete with Amazon is uh, we're very promotion-minded. We do a lot of um, social media. We do special events. We have a, a weekly email blast to our customers. So we try to stay connected.
0: That's really good. That's really good. Ron, what impact has Amazon had on your business?
2: Um, we've been
1: insulated a little bit from being so far away. They won't send sofas to Alaska. You know, they, <laughs> won't send, they, they won't send big stuff. It's so expensive. I think they tried a few times you know, and learned their lesson. Um, the bad part is, is they're building a huge warehouse at Ted Stevens International Airport in Anchorage. <laughs> so, I'm not sure if that's going to change. They're, they're building a monster warehouse right on the right on the airstrip. So I'm not sure if that's going to change. Anchorage is actually like the number one crossover refuel point to the far east for all, for Wayfair and all these guys, you know, so we have. Our jet traffic was up 15% this year or something. It's just, it's crazy how many jets come in and out of here and they're all flying goods back and forth. Hmm. But so far, knock on wood, um, big stuff hasn't been too big of an issue. Um, I had a heart doctor move in next to my house and I welcomed him. He borrowed some tools. And then the next day, I saw three Casper mattresses delivered by FedEx to his door. Wow. Ouch. I mean, yeah. I mean, even if, I don't think it's affecting us too much. We're up, you know, five percent this year, it should have been fifteen. But um I'll tell you another one. So I, I I'm a pilot too, so I fly out in the bush a lot and fish and mess around. So I flew three hours out in the over the Alaska range, land in this little village to get gas. And you know, there's it's not a gas station like you would think it's a gas station. It has a big old huge uh 3,000-gallon tank with a hose sticking out of it, but you have to get permission to use it. So I was looking around for the person. They said, oh, she'll be back in a second. She's coming back from the post office. And here comes an ATV with a big old uh, flatbed on the back of it, and it was just filled with Wayfair and Amazon boxes. Wow. I mean, out in the middle of this little village. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's affecting us. Um, I can't put my finger on it. All the small stuff, I'm sure it's killing us. Um, But large items, we're
0: unaffected at the moment. But I'm worried about it. I'm not sure, really. Does it feel like it's changed consumer expectations around delivery time? Because I've heard people say that even, um, even though it's a different product, where you used to talk about weeks, you now have to talk about days in terms of getting it to consumers. Have you had to speed up your delivery times or find some ways to deal with that?
1: No, we can't. Alaskans figure that out pretty quick. The people that got money will fly to Seattle, pick out what they want. And then as soon as they, they go to ship it to Alaska, they learn their lessons. It's super expensive to get up here, <laughs> especially by yourself, without knowing anything about freight. So everybody sort of learns the hard way. Um, I have started, I guess now as I think about it, Nectar, mm-hmm. uh, the box mattress Nectar. We actually partnered up with them. I saw an ad in Furniture Today where they were asking to partner up with retail. And so I thought, you know, what the heck? So I gave them a call, partnered up with them. And even though they will send a mattress to Alaska for $150, that's what their fee is to get to Alaska. Um, they sell to me wholesale. And I have it right on my floor. They can actually lay on it instead of just watching a YouTube video. And and wondering what it feels like, so they come over here. Um, I I mark it up for my freight, and it's a few dollars more than it is online. But um, it's instant gratification, like you were saying, and they know what it feels like before they buy. And so I've sort of been looking for other opportunities to partner up with some of these online guys. And I think I think I'll do it. I mean, I've got floor space, and I'm a really good shipper, so. I'd, might try and if you can't beat them, join them a little bit. Not sure.
2: I've also heard uh, consumers say that when they've ordered mattresses online, they they come so tightly compacted, you know, that it's almost dangerous to open the package because it springs open. But mm-hmm. if you didn't like it, again, having not been in your showroom and tried it out, you really can't return it very easily because you can't get it compacted again that way. So um, it's, that, that's an advantage delivery, over ordering though. a pair of shoes that don't fit, and it's really easy to return them. Yeah, but they still get
1: free returns. That's on the uh, shipper or on the uh, vendor. I don't know if you saw the other day that Casper was doing their IPO. Mm-hmm. And so they to do that, you have to show your numbers. So they did $315 million in sales, but they lost $95 million. Oh. And their, their return rate was 34%
2: yeah that's you know, the average I think for amazon is a thirty three or so or online sales I should say not Amazon. It's about a thirty percent um to thirty three percent return rate, which is um really a hassle i mean that's um insane. when i when stores want to get into you know bricks and clicks, I think yeah. they're not really clear about the fact that they're going to be handling a lot of that kind of um extra cost.
1: Yeah, and what do you do with it? Usually exactly. I'm sure they sell it to a wholesaler for ten percent or something and it's gone. Right. But that's a loss. Boy. Yeah, me and you'd go out of business if we gave away thirty four percent of our stuff.
0: Yeah. Could you imagine now? You know, let I, me don't, ask, I don't know how they do it. Let me ask you each how you respectively how you handle e commerce. Well
2: in Caroline. our case we, we really don't do it. We're set up to do it. Um But this is going to sound a little funny, but I find it boring. If somebody comes into the store and, you know, I I had a customer this morning who was telling me about her husband wanting to make Mm -hmm. omelets and we interacted and I sold her a Swiss diamond pan and wrapped it for her and she was very happy. If somebody sends me, uh, you know, if I look in my inbox and there's an order for a Swiss diamond fry pan and I have to get it and wrap it and ship it and there's, there's no pleasure in it. So, um, we are fortunate enough that economically we don't need that business. so what we sell online is um we sell gift cards, we sell cooking school classes we um sell copies of um specialty shop retailing to uh you know to retailers who need assistance, but we don't really sell much of our merchandise online every software so does a special project online, but pretty rare
1: yeah, mhm. Ron, what about you? We started of the opposite. We do quite a bit online, nothing like the big guys, but once again, Alaska is so remote. Um, Half the population lives in Anchorage, and then there's a few other population centers, and then everybody lives in a village of 100 people or 200 people. So all those villages, they don't have stores. The only way they can shop now, that the state provides them internet, and a library with a with uh, a computer and they've learned how to shop online and so we we sell lots and lots of furniture off of our off of our website and we're actually right in the middle of switching over to a new website right now just to make it more interactive and a little bit easier to take different types of credit cards and different types of financing and to handle the freight because freight is always an issue even out in the bush most of those guys it gets on an airplane out of, a, out of Anchorage, then it goes to a hub, and then it either goes in a boat, a four-wheeler, a snow machine, or an airplane to go to the next place. And uh, we have zero returns
2: just because of all that hassle and expense. And I bet you don't offer free shipping either. <laughs> no, we do not. They I mean, how it. could you? <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I don't understand how Amazon offers free shipping. I mean, it's a total mystery to me. If I try and ship something, it costs a lot of money today. I mean, it's not as cheap as it was, you know, even five years ago. And yet Amazon appears to be able to do it magically for free. And that puzzles a lot of people. They assume if we charge them shipping, which, you know, we send out packages for customers, especially gifts that are going somewhere else. And it often comes to $10 or $15 for UPS or FedEx. And yet if they'd ordered it online, it would have been free. And I don't understand how that works.
1: You got me. I was in Seattle the other day, and I saw they ha- Amazon's got their own jets now. They got a big wow. A on the tail. They're they're building their own fleet of jets now,
0: and and a growing fleet of trucks. I mean, I, I see the Amazon smile all over the area now. Yep. So
1: yep. So um, we we've got three. I think we have three people working on our website all the time. We do a lot of email blasts, um, like three three times a week Monday, Wednesday, Friday email blasts and and then we just try and keep up with, with the website. It is, a, it is sort of a, a big project, a daily project to keep up with it. Well, that made me think. Hi, it's Stacy Garcia again. And before we return to Bill and On The Record, I just want to say how excited I am to announce the introduction of my first collection for Klausner's Comfort Design and Outdoor Lines. You can see it at the upcoming market in High Point, and you can read about it in Furniture Today. Speaking of Furniture Today, let's get back to Bill and on the record.
0: That's a, an interesting point you raised. You, you talked about doing um, you know, regular emails. What are what do you find to be? And because I, I think this is a, a challenge for a lot of stores today in terms of reaching. And uh, Carol, you mentioned younger consumers, getting in front of younger consumers because the traditional methods don't work. Mm-hmm. What do you each find most effective in terms of getting in front of not your existing customers, but potential new customers?
2: Well, we use uh, Instagram. I have three younger employees who do my Instagram because I can't seem to figure it out. I don't have, I, I think that they choose ways of presenting things that younger people like. Um, and then we do a fair amount on Facebook, um, and the email blasts, we have a preferred customer program, and part of signing up for that is uh, giving us your email address, so that's mostly how we add people to the email list, and I do get unsubscribes every week, but I also get people added on, so I have a really robust list, and um, that, I think, we get some response to each week, but it also reminds people that we're here each week. So even if they don't come in for whatever we're offering, we we think it's a good reminder. Um, And beyond that, um, I think that having something happening on our street is important. We're part of a a neighborhood shopping district and I'm chair of the Merchants Association. So we try and have um, interesting things happening that will bring them to the neighborhood either to shop and or dine um but like many retail areas, we're finding that we have fewer retail mm-hmm. stores, more service businesses, more restaurants um and that is a swing that is not good for retail because you have to have a, a certain number of stores to make it worth people coming to shop mhm-.
1: Well said. I like the email part as far as it reminds people that you're still there, at least, even if they don't need you at the moment, at least it reminds them. I think that's really well said. Um, I've sort of fought Facebook. Um, All my younger people want me to be on Facebook, and I've had a few people that were disgruntled for whatever reason, and they just sit there and just hammer you on Facebook. And even when you try and resolve whatever the issue was, it's just like some people just won't let it go. And it's just soured me on that whole deal. And that's That's been years ago. I still, I don't know. I'm still not. I know that I know what everybody's on it. I know I realize what's going on, but I just been I've been stubborn. I just
2: <laughs> think somebody
1: somebody can anonymously sit there and tear your business down and not have to you know, not tell the real story. I mean, you can make up a lot of stuff, you know, and that just really bothers me. I just, I wouldn't do that to anybody, but I've seen several of these things where, you know, I gladly help our customers. We've won Best Furniture Store in Alaska 15 years in a row. Wow. That's not Great. by accident. We re- we really work hard at it. And then you just get every now and then you get some stinker that. Yeah, just, it does happen. Just won't, will not let it, you know, it doesn't matter. I said, well, can I give you my My oldest son would that make you happy? I don't know. I don't know what to do for you. (laughs) I've offered you everything,
2: and they're still bad. But you know, I I do think that customers—that customers, especially now that Yelp is so um, prevalent—people know that there's going to be a stinker in there, and they they take that into account when they read the review. Um, We we have been very fortunate that we haven't had much negativity. But what I've heard from other people is, you know, if you just give it time. Um, it will pass, and and that if people in general have been happy with your business, they will not take that one bad review into account as much. You know, if you had fifty bad reviews, obviously there's a problem there. But um, that's and, true. And, that's um,
1: true. I'm being. Started. I
2: wanted to say that we have just been notified that we in March will receive our thirtieth Best of Madison, so we're very happy. But we've also awesome. been around a really long time. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> for, for a while they. For a while, they dropped our category because we kept winning. So we might have had more than that if they hadn't hadn't dropped it.
0: You know, it's an interesting Uh-oh, thing you mentioned you. about reviews. But we,
2: as as you say, I kind of worked at it because I thought, you know, we've got 29. I really would like to have 30. So we worked it pretty hard this year, and, and we're happy to hear that we will be announced as having one.
0: That's good for you. Congratulations.
2: Well, thank you, and to you, too.
0: Yeah, well, let, let's explore that a little bit. Both of you say you really work at it. So, if you were going to advise someone else, because next week we're going to sit on a stage and have people in an audience who uh, are going to be listening, what advice would you have for people who say, "I want to win those awards," "I want to be that important in my community"? What does it mean to really work at it? What are the things that go into really working at it?
2: Well, I would say you have to uh, you have to deserve it. I mean, you have to have provided um, good customer uh, service products that people want and make, made them feel welcome. It's also important for us, and I suspect for almost everyone, to be really involved in the community. We give back a lot. We provide services. We um, are active in many different um, organizations in town, especially in the arts. But I think that, that in ca- in the case of the, the Best Awards, we um, included it in our email blasts. We had signage in the store. Uh, We had slips on the clipboards when people came for cooking school. Um, Many of the businesses in our area had signs on the door saying, hey, it's time to vote. And unfortunately, there are a bunch of um, best of competitions now. And so I think people get kind of tired of voting. Uh, But but this year, as I said, I really pushed it kind of hard because we wanted that 30th one. I think
1: that I think that you have to live what you preach. If you say you're going to have good service and if you're really saying that you're kind to your customers and your employees, you need to live it. So our culture is something that we talk about all the time. And if if a customer doesn't get satisfactory service from um, one of our stores, we follow up on it. Um, have you guys heard of Podium?
0: Oh, absolutely. You know?
1: Yeah, it's a really cool service. Um, and right at the checkout counter, say, would you mind taking a little quick service or a quick uh, survey on your service? And if they say yes, it says, all right, it'll just come right to your cell phone. And if you feel like it, maybe give us a rating, right? So um, I guess I was cutting myself short on the Facebook and all that. So Podium really helped us. Our Google reviews are up to like 4.8 now or something like that. Using Podium and what happens is every customer that comes in, you ask them the question, And 90% of them are pretty good with it. And they just give you a quick little five-star, four-star. And every now and then you get a one-star, right? Something just didn't fit right. But a lot of times people don't tell you. They just go away unhappy possibly. And with Podium, it tells you they're unhappy and it just happened 10 minutes ago or whatever, right? So, And it gives you an opportunity to reach out to them and really find out what the issue was. So then you can solve it really fast and we yeah it's so we've got a full year in now and so i've got six stores um we're like at 80 percent um of our sales are have a podium attached to it we're trying to get to 90 percent but our sometimes our cashiers just you know space it or whatever but that one's been really good it lets us know right away there was a problem but mostly it helps us we get lots and lots of five stars, and it's really helped our Google reviews and Yelp and all that. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, that was a, that was good. I sort of cut ourselves short a little bit on that one. Mm.
0: Podium is a, a software company, Carol. You may find them in Las Vegas in Building B on the 10th floor in the Retailer Resource Center. Okay. Um, or if you want to follow up with me offline, I can give you their information. They're very active in the furniture space, so a lot of furniture stores are using them today to manage their reviews. Yeah, and it's
1: not too expensive either. I I don't like spending a lot of money on all the technology stuff, but Podium's pretty cheap, really, for what you get. And it's okay, instant. It get instant gratification, too, which I like, you know. So.
0: I hear that theme coming up a lot today, instant gratification. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd like to talk about customer experience because one of the things that's become very um talked about widely in the furniture space in particular is you compete with Amazon by giving them that customer experience. Let me ask each of you, what are the elements in your store of customer experience? What are you doing to enhance that experience? And I know, Carol, one of the things you do is cooking classes, for example.
2: Right. We do food tastings. We do cooking classes. We do some demonstrations, um, book signings, that kind of thing. So that's you know, falling more into the entertainment um, aspect of shopping today. But I think it comes down to the essentials. You know, if you don't have what the customer wants, then they don't have a good experience. My husband, uh, who's my business partner, said that a long time ago, that that inventory is actually part of customer service. That You can be and as nice to them <laughs> as you want and, you know, ask about their dog and <clears throat> pat their toddler on the head <laughs> and everything, give them a cup of coffee. But if you don't have what they came in for, it's not a good experience, so I think that that's where it starts, having what they want. Um, in our case, we like to have what they don't know they need so that it's a, a fun experience to sort of explore and discover new things, um, and then an efficient checkout process and a good return policy, gift wrapping, boxing, that kind of thing that, um, that makes them feel um, that they are getting something extra for their money and that they feel appreciated. You know, we have a fairly high staffing level, so, you know, there's someone to wait on them and uh, they don't have to wait a long, long time in line. Our staff is knowledgeable, so they if they ask about something in the cooking area especially, they, they get a good answer. So those are all parts of the positive customer experience.
1: Yeah, do you have training for your employees? We do before some training, and
2: those? we are fortunate to have a few of our vendors who will come and do training. Um Probably don't do as much as we should, but many of our employees assist with the cooking school classes, so they learn from from the instructors, yeah. and um, you know we we try and work with them. But we're also very fortunate that we have people who have been with us as long as 40 years. Um, so the training kind of happens over the course of time.
1: Yep. But we no, I I agree. The longer
2: they stay, the smarter they get. Exactly. Well, because they're more familiar with the merchandise. And we do also uh, have a sort of a buddy system when they first start that they're always with someone else. And one of the unusual things that I talk about in my book is we use a management system called participative democracy, where the staff is involved in hiring the new employees. So they have a vested interest in new employees getting settled in and succeeding.
1: Excellent. I like it. Interesting. I like it. Yeah, our... uh, Customer experience. We were a lot bigger store than than the gift shops, you know. So we did like our main store in Anchorage. We we tried to hit the five senses. I actually partnered up and put a Subway um, a restaurant in the corner of our really. Store. Oh, that's fun! <laughs> yeah. So every morning, you get the smell of fresh bread in our store. And then they cook cookies and everybody just loves <laughs> loves the smell. We say, Where is that? I said, subway next oh, that's door. Fun. So it's worked out really good for them and us. It's one of their busiest locations. But I wanted first of all, it draws the uh, more traffic to your store and then all your employees have a place to eat without leaving the premises, pretty much. Yeah, that's great. But, that's, <laughs> But you get, but you get the smell of fresh bread several times a day, actually, and it's really, really good. And then we put, I uh, wanted so that's sound uh, or a smell. Then we did sound. We got, we got nice music playing all the time. We put speakers out in our parking lot, so it starts before they ever get out of their car. As soon as they get out of their car, they're hearing some music or hearing one of our ads, our quirky little ads. And then visually, we tried to make it really pretty in our store. Um, I've got airplanes hanging up. I've got chairs and uh, just it looks like a Cabela's uh, furniture store, sort of, for the guys <laughs> to keep them yeah, keep them busy, you know. And then all the ladies, we've got a little child care center.
2: Wow. We've
1: got cute um, strollers that they didn't bring a stroller and they got little kids we got these cute little cars you just throw them in there and they got a steering wheel and the kids just sit there and drive them all the whole time their kids or the parents are pushing them so i've tried to we try and do the five senses if we can and on as far as that so they get a, a sort of an overwhelming experience that they don't get at the other stores and we have you know free coke and coffee and it's good coffee instead of just cheap coffee we've got good coffee and they seem to make Seems to make a difference. I'm not a coffee drinker, but everybody really likes the coffee, so that's nice.
0: Wow, but like those you said, are,
1: that's I like the red, That's amazing. I, 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 yeah. So I've got the biggest warehouse in Alaska for furniture, and exactly what you said. If you don't have your stuff for them, if you don't have what they want, all of that's for nothing, you know. So I've tried really, really hard to stock it deep, and I sort of go against all the traditional—just enough, right on time. I don't know how you can do that anymore with our supply chain so screwed up. So Well,
2: and I think that Ikea's Achilles heel is availability. Uh, I don't know if you even have Ikea in Alaska yet, but for furniture stores who are competing with Ikea, they often, you know, you go through the process of selecting something and then you go downstairs and it's out. And many <laughs> people drive quite a distance to get to Ikea, and if, if they don't have it, they just don't have it. Um, so I think that the instant gratification is a really important component. Yeah. Having, yeah, having said that, from what I've from what I've read, young people, particularly um, the the Gen Q, like to customize things, and of course, then you can't have it in stock because they want to get it in exactly the fabric that they want or whatever. Um, so, offering that service is something that might be possible for some stores to do.
1: True. True. Yeah.
2: So like, and then like you said, we
1: try and just be super friendly. It took me two years to find a greeter at the front door and I found two of them in two weeks all of a sudden I I tried so many people and I couldn't get anybody to be nice. And all I wanted was a Walmart Walmart greeter, right? I went over to Walmart. I tried to steal their greeters. (laughs) Nobody would leave. So I finally found two retired grandmas and they're, you know, they're both, um, single, widowed, and they're so nice, and it's just like having your grandma at the front door. That's great. (laughs) Oh, it's so nice. They give them hugs and, hey, honey, how you doing? And It starts off off good, you know, instead of a professional salesman hitting them up,
2: you
0: know? That's really smart. The smell of cookies, baking bread, and grandma at the door.
2: I know, and and free coffee.
0: Yeah. I'll be there in a couple of minutes. I'm there. Thank you both for taking the time with us today. We really enjoy you being on the On the Record podcast. Look forward to seeing you both in Las Vegas.
2: Well, thank you. And we'll, we'll plan to get there maybe about 15 minutes before the panel.
0: That sounds like a plan.
2: Okay. Well, I look forward to seeing you both in person.
0: Same here. Thank you both. Same here. Thanks, you guys. It was a nice talk today. Safe travels. Yep.